0: This is the fourth in quarantine sports podcast, and today we are back for podcast number two. Obviously, we put up our pilot podcast only about a day ago on um, Apple Podcasts and iTunes streaming services, and for those who did listen or are listening, I hope you guys enjoyed it, and we're uh, back with another one, and we got some interesting things to talk about today. So obviously, our first podcast we actually recorded about a week and a half ago. But we only released it about two days ago to iTunes just because we had to go through all that stuff on getting on iTunes and creating the, the brand and stuff. But we, we got it up, and today is a little more recent. It's going to be a little more recent from now on. So now we're the podcast. We're probably going to record it the night before, and then it's going to be posted the next day. So you're going to see it right away. And in terms of what we're going to be talking about today, I mean, let's just hop straight into it. I mean, the NFL draft has officially been uh, done. The NFL draft was last weekend. Well, Thursday, obviously, is when the draft starts through Saturday, so three days. And we are recording this on a Tuesday night, so the draft has been over for about three days now. And, I mean, the draft was better than I expected in terms of how it was, um, you know, used in terms of the media. And, I mean, how? what did
1: you think about how they did the draft? Were you impressed? Yeah, I was... Uh very pleasantly surprised they they really didn't seem to have any glitches other than uh Goodell being kind of kind of weird and stuff that was a little more on uh day two and Goofy and, at the
0: end, huh? and
1: three there yeah especially day three but uh he was like laying back in his chair <laughs> yeah you know everybody was kind of commenting on whether or not he might have been uh maybe a little bit inebriated or not but Anyway, I, I'm sure I would have been in a situation as well, but exactly. Uh, no, it, for for what it matters, yeah, it, it, it went really well and, and was actually a little more entertaining than than I expected, and yeah. you know, it's a nice dynamic having uh, uh, that that little more personal in house feel uh as opposed to just uh uh you know green room slash they're you know they're sitting at the table and and all that although it's a little weird to see the number one pick go with just literally mom and dad and that's it you know so but it was good
0: yeah so we're gonna talk about obviously we're gonna focus mainly on the first round of the nfl draft today because That's the round that most people care about. Now, us as sports fans, we cared. We watched. I mean, we watched. I personally watched first, second, third. Watched a little bit of day three. Not going to lie, didn't watch a whole lot of day three. Saw some things here and there, but didn't watch a whole lot. But first round, second round, and third round, I was all over it watching, and so was he. And we're going to talk about the uh, first round. And we'll start with the quarterback position. And obviously, to no surprise, the um, Cincinnati Bengals took Joe Burrow. Number one overall, the quarterback from LSU, as everyone expected. He's the hometown kid. As you know, he went to Ohio State and then obviously transferred over to LSU and had an historic college season last year. I mean, this what I thought was a no-brainer. You know, I mean, I think the Bengals for sure needed to take Joe Burrow here. And, I mean, they obviously, one, they just needed a quarterback. And, two, I mean, he's just a guy you can't pass up at number one. I think he's going to be a very good pro quarterback. So, I mean, I don't think we really have much more to say about that. I mean, do you have anything to say about Burrow going number one? Nope, they didn't F it up, period. There you go. That's all you need to know. The The Bengals didn't screw it up, which, and I'm sorry if, you have, if there are any uh, Cincinnati Bengals fans out there, but the Bengals aren't the best franchise. So I definitely thought there was a chance that they were going to do something interesting at one,
1: but they didn't. They took Joe Burrow and you got to give him credit for it. Thank God Cleveland wasn't picking right there. Actually, that would have been pretty badass. No, but, that
0: would have been awesome, yeah, just but, to see what uh, they would yeah. have done. But so like I said, we're going to stick with the quarterback position for right now. And obviously at number five, the Miami Dolphins ended up taking Tua Tugavailoa, which I loved. I wanted them to take him. He's another guy you just can't pass up. He's, I think, the most transcendent talent of at the quarterback position in this draft, even over Burrow. As a thrower and a runner, I mean, people are calling him a left-handed Drew Brees. I mean, when you're getting that much of a praise coming out of college, you know you're the real deal. And at the end of the day, and again, I wouldn't have been surprised if Miami passed up on him. But I'm glad that Brian Flores and the Miami staff doubled down on it and said we're going to take Tua Tagovailoa at this pick because at the end of the day, he's going to be their starter possibly next year, probably not. Unless, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick gets hurt, then maybe they throw Tua into the fire. And one thing before I turn it over to the next guy, I do want to say Tua getting picked at number five is just another kick in the sack for our my boy Josh Rosen. And I thought that was extremely funny because Josh Rosen's just had probably the worst luck in his young career with what's been going on with the teams he's been playing with. And I mean, I don't think he's the greatest quarterback personally, but man, has that guy had bad luck? So, what do you think about Tua going five to the Dolphins?
1: Yeah, Rosen reminds me of that video—the soccer goalie that keeps taking it in the head over yeah. and over it's again. Studio C video. Yeah, uh, that's that's some pretty uh, funny stuff there. Yeah, it, you know, kind of a repeat of uh, you know the first pick there. I mean, they they didn't screw it up here. They they. In my opinion, now, you know, time will tell, but they they probably did get the, uh, you know, arguably top talent, if not unquestionably number two, assuming, you know, he doesn't have, uh, you know, major injuries and all that. And just because you've had some injuries in the past doesn't mean you're going to Continue to have him. I mean, let's face it his his hip injury was a freak deal, and and that doesn't erase uh, you know who he who he was up to that point. So uh, love the pick, yeah,
0: yeah. And by the way, we were looking at stats, and actually, Tua Tagovailoa still had a better QBR last year than Joe Burrow, which I thought was pretty crazy. Yeah. If you remember that, he uh, he barely edged him out, which Burrow had the insane. Arguably the best season a college quarterback has ever had in NCAA history. And it was kind of cool to see it. Tua still had the better QBR. So that just lets you know how good of a quarterback Tua Tugabailoa is. So yeah, not really a whole lot to say at 1-5 there. I mean, those are just kind of obvious picks. Now 6 is where it got a little interesting. Now that I'm not surprised that the Los Angeles Chargers took Justin Herbert at 6 from Oregon. I'm not surprised that they did it. I'll tell you what, though. I've never been a big Justin Herbert fan when I was watching him in college a little bit and especially just going over his highlights and his stats. I just don't really see prototypical pro-type quarterback from Justin Herbert. Now, am I glad the Chargers took him? And I guess I'll introduce this introduce this now because I have never said it in a podcast, so you guys don't know. We are Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs fans. So I'll put that out there right now so you know that. I'm a big Chiefs fan So am I glad the Chargers took Justin Herbert? I am. I very am glad that they took Justin Herbert. But I don't see it from Justin Herbert, personally. I really don't. Now, were they going to reach and take Jordan Love at six? No, they weren't going to do that. So at the end of the day, was Herbert the move? It might have honestly been the best case that they had just to try him out. But I don't see it from Justin Herbert. I mean, that's really all I have to say with Herbert. I mean... He's good inside the pocket and outside the numbers. You know, he struggles with his accuracy a little bit. He gets away with a lot of poor decision throws that you can get away with at the college level. That pro At the pro level here in the NFL, you can't get away with those kind of throws, especially against those defenses in the AFC West where you got the Broncos who have a pretty good defense. The Raiders and the Chiefs have rising defenses. I mean, you just can't get away with those throws, and some AFC defenses are tough. I mean, I don't see it in Justin Herbert. I mean, what did you think about Justin Herbert going sixth to the Los Angeles Chargers?
1: Yeah, I get what they're doing I mean they, they obviously needed a quarterback and and I mean he's uh, probably a safer pick than love I mean you know loves yeah probably got a little more wild card upside on him but you know if if you just want a guy that you know I, it depends on what yeah, today's prototypical quarterback. I mean you mentioned, you know, he wasn't a prototypical guy. I mean I, I guess you're you're actually right because the the you know, old school pocket passers kinda of are going away and they're a little more of the uh the mobile guys and all that. Yeah. But, I mean, Herbert's Herbert's six six, two thirty six. I mean you know, it's a that, big dude. That, that's only a couple few years removed from the absolute prototypical guy there. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I don't blame him for making the pick. And, and you know, it's, it was probably the right choice there.
0: Yeah. I definitely think Herbert was the right decision there for them in terms of what they needed. But, but I'm going to go on the record, and you guys can all – All of our uh, people watching, if you guys come back to this and he ends up being good, you can roast me for it because then, frankly, I'll put it on the record right now, Herbert, for me, is a no-go. But he could end up being good, and I could eat my words for that, so we'll find out. And finally, at the quarterback position, the last quarterback taken in the first round was one that really got us all by surprise, not because of where he got taken, because we were expecting Jordan Love to go in the late first round, but the fact that the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback, uh, traded up four spots from 30 to 26 to take Jordan Love really was a surprise of the first round because the first round actually kind of went as I expected. Pretty much almost every pick went as I expected. But Jordan Love was one of the few ones. I didn't expect him to go to the Green Bay Packers. And I think this pick more than anything just is telling – the Packers are telling Aaron Rodgers in a subtle way that we think you're done in two or three years. And this is the guy we're replacing with you. And Jordan Love obviously has drawn comparisons with Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes. Side note, best quarterback in the NFL, Super Bowl champion. We'll get to that. Our boy. But if you're getting comparisons to a guy who has won an MVP and a Super Bowl MVP in his first three years in the league, (laughs) that's as good as you can get, maybe besides being compared to Tom Brady or someone like that. So... I mean, Jordan loves getting those comparisons. He is a developmental quarterback. He's going to have some work to do, which is why I can see what the Packers are doing here. They're doing the same thing they did earlier with Aaron Rodgers and and, uh, Brett Favre. Obviously, they drafted Aaron Rodgers in 2006 when Brett Favre was getting close to the end of his career, and they put Brett Favre uh, as a starter for about three more years and let Aaron learn under Brett Favre, and then you saw... I mean, I don't need to say it. Aaron Rodgers has become an all-time great quarterback. You know, a top he's definitely a top-ten quarterback of all time. And they won a Super Bowl. So, I mean, you can't blame them for it. And I think that's what they're trying to do here with Jordan Love. So I get the pick. But on the other hand, I don't know if this is sending the right message to Aaron Rodgers. So what do you think about Jordan Love going to Packers at 26?
1: Yeah, I don't love it. I mean, if it, you know does play out like the uh the 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 Rodgers pick with uh Farve and everything like that and he really gets to uh develop under uh you know the Rodgers then you know this this could turn into a home run for him but yeah i mean you you mentioned uh you know it being a, a a subtle way to to yeah. give Aaron Rodgers a uh, you know a little tip a, a little something something I don't think it's subtle at all. That's,
0: that's, no, I kind of just went out that, and that, did that, it. Actually, that, that,
1: that, that's actually a, a punch right to the face to say you know look, dude, we y- your your days are numbered with us, and there's no question in it. And I mean. You know, as we all know, they didn't pick a wide receiver in the draft. They Which didn't. Is another you know, punch to the face, to Aaron uh, Rodgers. Yeah, they 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 d- have rarely done much to to help him out with uh, at least trying to draft top tier uh, offensive help and everything. So, yeah, you know that's that's uh, it was an interesting move. I mean. You know, I don't know if you were going to go to to this. I mean, the o- the only one that hit me harder was the Eagles. Yeah, it was like, well, what in the hell are the Eagles doing? Taking taking uh, uh Jalen Hurts? Yeah, yeah. J- Jalen Hurts in the it's second like, round. It's like, are you shitting me right now? You're 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 d- clearly drafting. Uh, the backup in the second round, exactly. Uh, you know, yes, we, we know that uh, Wentz gets, you know, banged up quite often and everything, and he's, he's you know, earned that reputation at this point, but damn. That's you know not I mean? the right
0: message to send to a 27-year-old quarterback.
1: Well, and it's it just is, such it? a, 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 you know, second round is when you're picking a clear backup. You know, so. like, fourth
0: and fifth's not bad, but... Fourth and on is what I would say. But when you pick a backup quarterback in the second round, I mean, I, don't, I don't really don't know what the Eagles are doing. I actually kind of get what the Packers are doing. I don't get what the Eagles are doing. No. I, I don't.
1: I'm not an Eagles fan either, and not meaning I hate them or anything, but I've got no feelings for them either way. And... I, I was honestly pissed. I was like, what the yeah. hell? I, I started acting like an Eagles fan. Now, I, one was, of the funniest I was things, losing my mind. <laughs> one of the funniest things we did see, at least
0: what I did see throughout the weekend, was all the Eagles reactions, all the Eagles fans. Because Eagles have very good fans. They do. They have a great fan base. And some of those guys' reactions to them drafting Hurts at 2 was made my weekend.
1: Oh, I would have given anything to see those guys in the old school. Uh, we say old school. A year ago, the, the way the draft was done, to see their reaction. Because Eagles fans lose their mind no matter who the hell they pick. They 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 could pick the, the greatest player ever in the history of the world with their first pick. And, they lost their and Eagles they fans took... freaked out. Yeah, so. they even lost their minds when they took McNabb back in the day. Yeah. So. so that would have been fun to see.
0: Um, we are... So I do kind of want to get to other stuff in this podcast, so we're not going to talk too much more about the draft, but I do want to just hit a couple few points for a little bit longer just because we've only been talking about the quarterbacks, and there's a lot more players that got drafted in the first round. So I'm just going to go through – first, we're just going to go through the top ten. I'm just going to name them off, and then, I mean, if you want to chime in and say anything you want to say about any of these guys, you can. So obviously Burrow went one to the Bengals. Chase Young from Ohio State went two to the Redskins. Another pick that was kind of obvious that they just kind of had to do. Jeff Okuda went three, the cornerback to Ohio State. He can be kind of the replacement for Darius Slay in Detroit Uh, after after obviously Slay was lost to, I believe, the Eagles actually. I think the Eagles did sign Darius Slay, which is a good signing. That's a good signing. That was a win for the Eagles. Four was Andrew Thomas, the O-tackle from Georgia, who I actually, and I actually did a little mock draft, or a board this year, and I actually had Andrew Thomas as my fourth offensive tackle ranked, but he went fourth overall to the Giants, which I was very surprised about, but at the end of the day, the Giants needed an offensive tackle. Not too shocked about that. 2 went five, obviously, to the Dolphins, as we talked about. Herbert, six to the Chargers. Seven was Derek Brown, the defensive tackle from Auburn. Another pick, uh, or Derek Brown was actually the third ranked player in this entire draft. So I thought that was a good pick from the um, Panthers. Isaiah Simmons from Clemson, the outside linebacker who can also play safety, goes eight to the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals are our second favorite team. And I was very happy that they ended up taking Isaiah Simmons here. I think it was a steal of the
1: draft, actually. That was a huge land.
0: Yeah, I definitely wanted Isaiah Simmons. And I told him this earlier, and it sounds dumb, but I'll say it anyways. I wanted the Chiefs to get Isaiah Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's because, But the Chiefs had the 32nd overall pick. And at the end of the day, Isaiah Simmons was supposed to be around pick three or four. And he fell to eight to the Arizona Cardinals. And this was a no-brainer. you got to take Isaiah Simmons. He's going to be a very good player for the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, big get. C.J. Henderson at 9, the cornerback from Florida, the second-best corner in the draft. The, for the quarterbacks in this draft, the first two, Henderson and Akuda, were kind of lead getters over the others, and then it was kind of a big gap till we got the three. And then finally, with the 10th pick of the draft, the Cleveland Browns select Jedrick Willis or Wills Jr., the O-tackle from Alabama, who was actually my number one O-tack- O-tackle in this draft. So I did like that pick from the Cleveland Browns. So do you have anything really to say about the top ten? Anything you no. want to note? No. No, nah,
1: for, for the most part, I mean, you know, surprise here or there, but pretty chalk, I, you yeah. know, n- nothing that really blew my mind.
0: Now 11 through
1: 20 was a little
0: more interesting, I thought. So obviously you had Makai Becton go to the New York Jets at number 11, the Louisville O-tackle. Once again, another one that I kind of expected. Didn't necessarily expect Becton to go here, though. I actually expected Tristan Wirfs to go to the Jets at 11 because Becton is a little bit more of a developing prospect. But the Jets decided to take Becton, and you know what? I don't blame them. I think that was a fine pick. Now, this is where it got interesting, but I expected it. At 12, the Las Vegas Raiders took Alabama wide receiver Henry Ruggs III. There were reports that the Chiefs were thinking about trading up for him, and I didn't want them to because we don't need wide receivers, and I just thought it would have been dumb to give up future draft picks to just trade up to get this guy. Now, of course, the Las Vegas Raiders, the Chiefs' rivals, obviously, because the Raiders are the team that I personally hate the most. Got Henry Ruggs III. I I am a little concerned about it as a Chiefs fan, but at the end of the day, it's not too concerning. But he is a good wide receiver. Obviously, he was the fastest wide receiver in the draft, and I was surprised to see him go be the first wide receiver off the board. But I expected the Raiders to take him with this pick. And at 13, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers traded up one slot with the 49ers. So they just flopped or swapped picks. And they took the offensive tackle, Tristan Wirfs from Iowa, who I thought the Jets were going to take at 11. This was a great pick for Tom Brady and the Bucks. A-plus on that one. The Bucks have been impressing me through this draft and through free agency. And I'm really starting to... F- See that the Bucks can be a, a great team in the NFC this year. <coughs> so, at 14, the San Francisco 49ers took Javon Kinlaw, the D-tackle from South Carolina. I was expecting the 49ers to take a wide receiver here because they lost Emmanuel Sanders, and I believe they lost Marquise Goodwin. I don't know if he was on their team last year. I'm actually not positive about that, but I know he's not on the team anymore, so they might have lost him as well. But they did lose DeForest Buckner to the Indianapolis Colts, so I can see why they did this, because Javon Kinlaw is the replacement. So it makes sense. And then at 15, Alabama wide receiver Jerry Judy went, and he gives uh, Drew Locke, who's one of my favorite quarterbacks in the NFL, because he went to my favorite college. And they give him another weapon, which I'm very excited to see how it goes. Now, obviously, I don't – unfortunately for Drew Locke, I don't really want him to succeed in the NFL, because at the end of the day, I'm a Chiefs fan before anything, and the Broncos are one of the Chiefs rivals. Um, so – at 16, A.J. Terrell, cornerback Clemson, goes to the Atlanta Falcons. I did hear Mel Kuyper Jr. say that the Falcons reached for A.J. Terrell, but I still think they needed cornerback. They addressed it. I mean, I think A.J. Terrell is ranked the sixth best cornerback, so they definitely reached a little bit, the 51st overall ranking. But at the end of the day, I like the pick uh, in terms of need. And then 17 was where it got interesting. The Dallas Cowboys take Oklahoma wide receiver CeeDee Lamb. I love this pick. C.D. Lamb is going to be a really good wide receiver. The Cowboys needed a wide receiver after Randall Cobb let go, and who's better to step in than C.D. Lamb in the slot? I think this is going to be great, along with Amari Cooper, along with Michael Gallup, along with um, Blake Jarwin, the tight end. I think the Dallas Cowboys could be good, and maybe this is a step in the right direction in signing Dak Prescott, who we talked about in the pilot podcast about what they should do with Prescott. And now I'm just going to start naming guys because – we, we don't want to cover this for too long and then I'll ask you at the end what you think, if you want to chime in on any last words. Austin Jackson, USCO tackle, goes 18 to the Dolphins. The Las Vegas Raiders take Damon Arnett, Ohio State cornerback, at 19, which is very a uh, big reach, by the way, which I liked. The Jacksonville Jaguars took Calavion Chasen, LSU off, or outside linebacker at 20. Jalen Rieger goes 21 to the Uh, Philadelphia Eagles, TC wideout, which again was another reach apparently. Justin Jefferson, LSU wideout, goes 22 to the Minnesota Vikings. I do like that pick. 23 was Kenneth Murray, an inside linebacker from Oklahoma, and he goes to the Los Angeles Chargers. New Orleans Saints at 24 select Cesar Ruiz, a center at Michigan. Like that pick. They needed offensive line to protect Breeze in his final year. Run game, I like it. 25, Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State, which is one of my favorite colleges. Arizona State wide receiver, 25 to the San Francisco 49ers. I do like that pick for the 49ers. 26 was obviously Jordan Love, the we talked about, to the Packers. 27 was Jordan Brooks, uh, Texas Tech outside linebacker to the Seattle Seahawks. 28 was Patrick Queen, LSU inside linebacker, to the Baltimore Ravens, which is actually a really good pick. I just like that his name's Queen. 29, Isaiah Wilson, Georgia uh, offensive tackle. Really nothing to say about that to the Tennessee Titans. 30, Noah. Now, this is going to be a tough one to pronounce here. I think it's Igabani. Igbanani. Ig, Igbignogany. Igb- kind of, you nailed it, dude. Uh. Yeah. Igb- I think it actually is Noah be <laughs> <laughs> Ovard, cornerback, who goes 30 to the Miami Dolphins. And then 31 is Jeff Gladney, the TCU cornerback. And then 32 the Super Bowl champion, my Kansas City Chiefs select, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, LSU running back, which I did like the pick, and I think that's actually a
1: good fit for our offense. So that's the whole first round. Do you have any last words? Uh, no, I mean, a couple of standouts there. I thought uh, Jefferson uh, going to uh, the Vikings was, was a great get for them, and then the uh, – queen pick actually unfortunately going to uh, Baltimore uh, was a great get for them because I I think the both of those guys are going to be uh, you know game changers relatively quick into their uh, rookie years so yeah
0: so now we're going to talk about some news around the league now there's not too many uh, things to talk about right now obviously I'm not going to be the guy who just keeps saying it, so I'm not going to say why. Obviously, you guys know why. Sports aren't really going on right now. But in terms of the NFL, <coughs> now I'm just going to just state some things and just give my quick reaction to it. Now, earlier today there were reports that the Chiefs cornerback, our cornerback, Brashad Breeland, faces multiple charges in South Carolina. I believe, I actually don't know what it was from.
1: <laughs> ton of stuff
0: ton of stuff, so we'll we'll just leave it there. Um, obviously, will that affect his play next year or anything? No, but it's stupid. But, you know, there's nothing really more to say about that. I mean, do you want to chime in on that
1: at all? Nah, booze, weed, hash. <laughs> Didn't have a license, you know, just ah, run-of-the-mill stuff.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, not much more to say. Brashad, get your act together, bro. You're on the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs, and you need to represent us well, and I'm not kidding. So stop right now. All right, that's all I got to say there. Now, this is just a quick news. Uh, the former 49ers tackle, Joe Staley, did retire a little bit ago. Staley obviously had a great career, and after 13 seasons, he decided to hang it up. So just bravo to Joe Staley. Just wanted to give that a quick little update there that he's retiring. And here's a little bit of an interesting one here, and we will talk about this not for too long, but for maybe five minutes or so. Jameis Winston, former quarterback, of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, obviously not with them anymore, as they now have Thomas Edward Brady III, also known as the greatest quarterback of all time. For now, obviously, you know, until Mahomes takes that away from him soon. But for now, Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. So Winston's not on the Buccaneers anymore. And Winston has signed, drum roll, with the New Orleans Saints. That's a, That was very interesting. I definitely didn't expect the Saints to be the ones to sign uh, Winston, and this is almost kind of a kick in the balls to Taysom Hill because Taysom Hill, with Bridgewater leaving for Carolina, I really thought Taysom Hill was going to be the guy because Drew Brees is almost kind of – he's hinting towards this being his last season in the NFL coming up, and I thought Taysom Hill was going to be their guy, but now they're bringing in Jameis Winston. I mean, is Winston going to be the successor to Brees? Who knows? So I don't know I don't really get this signing from New Orleans Saints, so I don't I want to hear your reaction. I don't really get it too much myself.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't think it's a bad uh move for either parties. I mean obviously it's not, you know, some some kind of a a big contract. One year I'm sure it's gotta be minimal money and and Breeze I do believe is probably in his last year. I mean he already signed with NBC to join their their football operations and everything there, so you know they're they're obviously saying we'll wait on you, but uh, not too uh, long. Yeah, and I I imagine that means go ahead and play out your last year. Yeah, maybe two years at most. You know whether or not Winston has any opportunity whatsoever to. Prove to anyone that he could be a successor to Brady is a whole different story. Uh, you know, Peyton, unless he is just, you know, the, lying to everybody, has has said numerous times. And they did sign uh, sign him to a new two year contract. They, they said Taysom Hill, the, he he really likes him, and yeah. and and he thinks him uh, uh, thinks of him as a Steve Young type of. Type of guy, which well, duh, that's that's today's quarterback. So you know, we we know he can do a lot of things. Can can he be the all day, every day quarterback of an NFL team? We we'll we'll see. That's you know, but but as far as Winston going to the Saints, you know, I don't think it's a bad move for either parties. The Saints get to feel him out. Uh, Winston basically called it a Harvard evica- education in quarterback school, <laughs> getting to go to the Saints, which I, I can agree with. I think that's a, a well, that's a, good a thing great to way to term it. You know, yeah. he's, so hopefully he goes in with that uh, you know mindset to to learn and and uh, it it should benefit uh, both sides. So one more thing
0: before a couple more things before we jump into our last topic of today's episode two of our podcast the Eagles are planning on playing Jalen Hurts I I thought I would bring this up because we were just talking about Taysom Hill and they are saying that they might run a dual quarterback system in um, Philly similar to the one they run in New Orleans with Drew Brees and Taysom Hill so Hurts would almost be kind of a utility guy for the Eagles he could be a thrower he could be a runner he could be a pass catcher they could use him as a Taysom Hill, which I guess I could see. I still don't I still don't see why they picked him in the second round. Now that they're giving us the um, opportunity to, to at least know what they could do with him, I like it a little bit more than I did. My likeness of the pick started out at about a 2 out of 10. Maybe it goes to about a 4 out of 10 now. Still don't like the pick that much, but I guess I can see what they're trying to do there with Jalen Hurts. And then the last thing before we hop into our last topic... And this is a little bit of old news, but we obviously never talked about it on our podcast, so I thought I would just bring it up. Rob Gronkowski is now a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Got traded from the New England Patriots, even though he was retired, which I thought was kind of funny. Because it said Bill Belichick trades retired tight end Rob Gronkowski. I was like, wait a second. What? But I didn't know he was still under contract, so that's why you obviously could trade him. To, of course, <coughs> Brady and the Bucks. So now Gronk's with them boys down in Tampa Bay, you know, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, you got O.J. Howard, and you got uh, Cameron Brait and now Rob Gronkowski, so any last quick words about what you think uh, Gronk, how Gronk will do with the Bucks, or what your reactions are to it?
1: Yeah, it's going to be Gronk and Brady, and I don't think it'll be much of anything different than... In- and my favorite uh, headline out of that was similar to to yours there. However, it was uh, Belichick Trades WWE Champion for, for a fourth-round draft Which pick, just sounds which... funny
0: because then it's like, <laughs> that's just a Belichick thing.
1: Yeah, so I thought that was pretty awesome.
0: So, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it for um, those topics. And now our last topic, we're just going to hop right into it here, the final topic of this podcast episode number two so we've been watching the last dance of michael jordan documentary which by the way if you haven't tuned in and you are interested in learning about michael jordan or watching it again if you've already seen michael jordan you absolutely 1000 percent need to watch this documentary some of the best footage i've ever seen especially in a documentary it's almost better than any 30 for 30 i've ever seen i mean it's just right up there with Any of the greatest stuff I've seen. And it's Michael Jordan. I mean, you got to love the Jordan doc. And at the end of the day, we've been watching it. And we've had a blast. You know, and if you don't follow us on Twitter, we'll give a little quick promo here. If you don't follow us on Twitter, follow us at fourth underscore quarantine with a capital Q, where we tweet a good amount, especially during big events. Like, I mean, during the draft, I was tweeting a bunch. And then during the last dance, it's another thing. I tweet probably one tweet every three or four minutes for the whole two hours that we uh, wash it. So follow us there if you want some updates on that. But, I mean, I thought the Jordan documentary was great. Episode 3 was about, these are the most recent episodes, where 3 and 4 was last weekend, last Sunday. Episode 3 was more of the Dennis Rodman episode. And then episode 4 was more of the Phil Jackson-centered episode. But obviously it has all Jordan tied with Jordan. I mean, this is all Jordan tied. And, I mean, what are you? what is your reaction to the episodes we saw or just the series as a whole?
1: A series as a whole is you know if if by chance you're not watching it yet you don't have to be a bulls fan jordan fan uh even a basketball fan if you're into just badass then this is for you it it's it's entertaining trust me it's it's not quite as what the F as Tiger King and all that crap oh, yeah. but it's it's up there there's there's a lot of things when you realize you know this is mainstream NBA and and all that and there's there's a lot of lot of craziness going on and and then you know, oh by the way, you know some of the be- best basketball that the world's ever seen so exactly you know so yeah it's fun to watch i i mentioned in our uh our pilot episode of you know being fortunate enough to watch uh all of this happen you know live i i'm you know and i'm i'm an old enough guy that i got to see that all happen uh, with my own eyes, live and everything, and and it, re seeing it is is as good if if almost if not better just just because it brings back so many feelings and everything and and I mean Rodman, you I mean. Rodman, rightfully so, gets treated like kind of a, a, you know, weirdo throughout his career. However, he probably doesn't get enough credit for how amazing of a basketball player and just athlete and and, and a huge part of the, uh, you know, back end of those three titles were when he was with the bulls during those years and everything and and even prior to that i mean his earlier career with before being with the bulls i mean we, we saw episodes i mean he's he's fighting with them when he's on the pistons and yeah. everything i mean the bad which,
0: boy pistons were, were really fun to see for sure yeah
1: that, that was cool and everything so i they, they they better bring in a little bit of content with uh, some of their their time against the Knicks too because it's it's kind of weird that and they the haven't. Huh. Yeah, they've said a little bit about the Pacers and and all that, but it it's sort of odd to me. They, they the, the Knicks really haven't been a part of this, and sure, the Knicks weren't you know a huge threat, but but the Knicks were legit back then, and and at the, you know, I mean, uh, when it comes down to it, the the Knicks were an incredibly huge rival with them, and had some of the the most epic, uh, you know, series and games and everything else, so anyway, I, I look forward to seeing that, and You know, six more episodes. I mean, damn, where where are we going? You know, exactly what's what's next? I mean, I mean, I know episodes five
0: and six are about the Dream Team. Dream Team, yeah, Dream Team will
1: be will be very cool because you get to see not only
0: Jordan footage, but we get to see Bird footage. We get to see you know Magic Barkley. We get to see all those guys. So it's gonna be a bunch of
1: awesome stuff. Yeah, it's gonna be pretty sweet. Uh, One fun thing, you know, being. I mean, you—if you're paying attention, you probably figured it out by now. We're, we're kind of, uh, if not not just Kansas City fans, we make a mention of that a lot. But you know, Arizona, you know, and and all that. So at the end of this, I mean, it it culminates with them playing the Suns in
0: the finals and, yeah. a, and a
1: pretty epic finals and everything with Barkley. Oh, damn, that that's going to be a hell of a ride there. So I, you know, I, I can't wait to see that and everything as well. So, yeah, a lot of fun. So, yeah, I mean that. And so
0: if I could sum it up for you guys in conclusion, watch the documentary. That simple. Yep. Watch the documentary. One of the greatest, if not the greatest documentaries I've ever seen so far. And like I said, we're not even halfway through it yet. That's how great this thing is. So if you're bored on a Sunday night, or just record it, but if you want to watch it live and react with people on Twitter, such as ourselves, who, like I said, I'm a pretty big active Twitter user when it comes to that kind of stuff, you can tweet with us. You can like our tweets. Once again, Twitter, fourth underscore quarantine. If you want to follow us and look at our tweets, and, yeah, I mean, it's just some of the greatest things we've ever seen. And, I mean, in terms of what we've been talking about, the draft, you know, Winston to the, bu- or Winston to the Saints, so, you know, some of the other moves, the uh, last dance. I mean, that's pretty much it for us today. We um, cut the podcast in about a third. So the first podcast was an hour. This one's going to end up being 40 minutes. And then we're hoping that we can make these episodes anywhere between 20 minutes to 40 minutes is what we're hoping. So let us know. What you guys want to hear, let us know on Twitter. is probably the best way to reach us. Or you can DM us on Instagram, fourth underscore quarantine as well. But it's a lowercase Q. And let us know what you guys want to hear, any suggestions. And just anybody who's gotten this far and listening to it, thank you so much for the support and watching us. And I hope you guys all enjoyed. Any last words? Nope. Peace out. Thank you, guys. Adios.